This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. The Metal Sucks Podcast number 161 is powered by Sailor Jerry Spiced Rum. Made in the name of Norman Sailor Jerry Collins, undisputed father of old school tattooing. 92 proof, bold, and smooth as hell. Respect Norman Collins' legacy and drink Sailor Jerry responsibly. Not everything metal was created equal. What an ugly thing to say. The Metal Sucks Podcast. Chickity Chuck and Godless attempt to bring order to chaos or just make stupid jokes about dumb people. Stupid. A person below normal intelligence. This is the Metal Sucks Podcast. Greetings and salutations, yes. my metal friends. Welcome to another edition of the Metal Sucks Podcast. How the hell are you doing? I'm Chuck. And I'm Godless. And this is your weekly I examination of all things metal, the Metal Sucks Podcast. Oh, yeah. Make sure you're following this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast. You can find Metal Sucks Podcast and and, and subscribe to it because it's, a, it's that important. You want to make sure you're subscribed and don't miss an episode. Because, download them all. Yeah, I mean, you can go back and download the old ones. But going forward, I, I tell you right now, the stuff we got coming up is going to blow your fucking mind. All right, man, maybe it won't blow your fucking mind. But, but you know what I'm saying? It's stuff that you want to make sure, especially when we got an episode like this with uh, Ben Weinman this week. Oh, it's going to be uh, This is a good one. You guys are going to be in for uh, get a lot of good stuff coming. It was funny because somebody, uh, when you posted your notes for um, the questions, like your research and stuff online. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that'd be fun. We posted that up on uh, Patreon so that... Uh, people who are uh, supporters on Patreon, I was like, hey, you know, this would be kind of a fun photo to put up rather than put it on Instagram. I'll put it on Patreon. It's just like, this is like the kind of research that Chuck and I both do for an interview. So, yeah. Yeah. And when we had a couple of people that were like, oh, I was wondering when you guys were going to get Ben. So, yes, we got uh, Dillinger Escape Plan, Ben Wyman on this episode. So, you know, the, there's a couple of different ways that you can help support us. We mentioned the Patreon right there. You know, that's a nice little segue. Make sure you go to uh, chuckandgodless.com because that's where our Patreon lives. You, it's uh, Or patreon.com slash chuckandgodless. We get your support. And uh, you can chip in a couple of bucks and you get the episodes early. We do extra content. I think we're going to be off next week uh, for Labor Day. And yeah. uh, that will, we'll, we'll probably throw in a little extra podcast for you that week just for our Patreon subscribers because... We love you. So that, that's yeah. that's what you get when you go there. So And feel free to come in anytime. Even if you've been a long time listener and yeah. you know, new new supporter, that's quite cool. You know, or new listener and new supporter, that's cool too. It's all good. Uh, we just, uh, you know, seeing people go, yeah, I appreciate what you do. That gives us such a lift. Totally. So it's, it's, it's awesome. It's very cool. And make sure you also follow us on the social media. I'm at Bearded Ape. I'm at Godless Speaks. Godless Speaks on Facebook and Spotify. And you can find me uh, or you can find us also on Instagram, Chuck and Godless on Instagram. So that's there. And uh, my Spotify, which I, I have been a little more active now. You've kind of started to bring me into the fold a little bit here. Not not nearly as much as you, but you can find me at no, you, con- no Control Radio on Spotify. Have you uh, started following my uh, songs we play on the Metal Sucks podcast playlist yet, or my new songs of the week playlist yet? I'm still figuring out how to like do the follow thing and all that oh, shit. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm getting there. I'm, I'm, I'm starting I to get a little more, I uh, get better at it, so... I'm still the the stupid the app on the phone is what's been tough for me. Like that's I can do the desktop thing, but the the app is what's been fucking with my mind for some reason. I don't know yeah. why. 
but it's yeah but yeah make sure you find us on there you can find all the like you said the music from the metal sucks podcast like all the stuff that we play we're going to hear a new song today from in flames uh as well as uh, something new from dillinger escape plan out their new record which will be their last oh that sounds weird (laughs) that sounds really weird or is it going to be their last i don't know it's it's so crazy like usually you know you get an interview with somebody by the time they get to us for whatever reason they are already sick of talking about whatever ambulance <laughs> I know, right? Has picked them up, you know what I mean? And so, we, you know, we'll get it, but usually we got to go into depth in, in the other stuff. And so, you know, I, when I prepped, I prepped like a, a shit ton of stuff about the breakup, but also a shit ton of stuff about his personal stuff because there's very little that we know about Ben Wyman outside of or off that stage, you know? So, um, uh, it was cool because we were able to spend 40 minutes with him and Billy, the drummer just going in depth on the breakup, Mm -hmm. you know, like, like, like that was my goal. Like after this, I, you know, he's ruined, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Totally. Everybody else can try to interview him and he's going to be like, you know what? Just go listen to metal sucks. I already told this story. The the Wikipedia entry from, uh, should be just been denoted, notated by this interview right here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, if you had if you have an additional question about this breakup that I didn't ask and Chuck didn't ask, I'd really love to know what it is because I can't think of a thing. Yeah, it, uh, it we get to, we get in, in pretty yeah in far deep in on this one for sure. I mean, because well, and also not not just because it, it hasn't been there, but I mean, I'm interested because I'm a fucking fan. I'm a huge fucking fan of Dillinger Escape Plan, and so I mean that's the other hard part for me because. You know, I I don't I don't want I don't want it to be true. <laughs> like I just I don't want it to be. I'm like, why why are you doing this to me? What are you doing? It, I feel like it's a personal assault to me as a fan in a way, but but not really because I also understand what they're doing and understand it much more in depth now that we've been able to kind of pick his brain about what to, what, what what really went on. So and, and I think getting a sense of his personality also gives us a sense of how this makes sense to him you know yeah he seems like the you know and you'll you'll hear in the interview but but he seems like the guy the kind of guy that is is mission this is the mission i'm on okay and this is what i'm going to do a mission is almost a mission's over okay we're moving on to the new mission you know it's 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 this task and it's task oriented you know it's the next thing it's got to be the next thing and keep moving on the next thing keep moving forward keep moving forward and uh, he totally seems like that kind of guy yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That yeah. was that was fun, fun interview. So I hope everybody enjoyed. Well, that. and also, you know, when when we get called out a couple of times in the middle of the interview, that's kind of fun too. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, I, that's my dream: always to be called <laughs> out as being Barbara Walters. Well, I love that. There's that part, but no, I, no. Even there's there's a better part in there. Okay. The, oh yeah. There, there, there's a better part in the middle of the interview that that's that's. Like you hear almost rage in his voice when he, when he which is which is great. So because uh, I get to edit all these interviews, right? So I get to hear him in the headphones. So I, I, you know, I, I nitpick him and I put him. To, and oh my god, this is like one of my favorite pieces of of an interview that we've done because it's like, oh my god, I think he almost like come unglued right there. That's wow. All right, that's that's, awesome. that's pretty rad. So why don't we get into it? Let's uh, let's get into our interview with uh, Ben Wyman from the Dillinger Escape Plan on the Metal Sucks podcast. Hey, what's up, dude? It's uh, Chuck and Godless from uh, Metal Sucks, man. How you doing? Uh, doing all right, dude. Doing all right. How's it going? Good. I'm just trying to get this phone on my Bluetooth here. 
Hello? Yeah, we're in. All right. Oh, cool. <laughs> it's me and Billy Reimer, our drummer. Oh, Hi. shit. Oh, kick ass. <laughs> Whoa. All right. Oh, yeah. Wow, that, that was a reaction. Oh, shit. My own dog doesn't give me that much of a reaction. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we usually have like a couple of days to prep for everybody, and we've had like 20 minutes to prep for you guys. Luckily, at least I'm, uh, you know, been a fan for almost the 20 years you've been in existence, so it's cool. I don't know, man. Get a life. <laughs> I was going to ask I mean, you about a dog, though. You got to be old by I, now, right? Uh, <laughs> me since I was born. <laughs> uh, yeah, I am kind of old. I, I have this theory that, like, all you guys just want to have dogs, and that's why you're like, this is the last tour. Uh, this tour's over. I'm going to go buy a dog I can take care of. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I have two dogs right now, but I, it's heartbreaking leaving them. So I definitely, t- I promised them. You know, at a certain age, I would concentrate on our relationship and uh, be home more. You know, Daddy would be home more, so I guess you're kind of right. It is the most important relationship you'll ever have, really, is with uh, is with your pet, so. I agree. <laughs> Such <laughs> bullshit. Dude, I mean, but seriously, because you know that, like, for the next, like, what is it, like, 10 months, you guys got to answer nothing but questions of that are beginning with, what the fuck? Yeah, I mean, I have no problem. I mean, it's at least a different question from what we've had in the past, which are pretty much always the same questions too. So <laughs> it's not, um, it'll be fine. We'll see in a couple of months. I'll answer the question of whether it's annoying or not. Or refreshing actually. <laughs> yeah. As I'm <laughs> saying, it's a different thing to talk about actually for one. Are you trying to say that we've all been taking you for granted for too long and that's what this is all about? Yeah. I, I, I'm trying to say that journalists are, are, are highly uncreative in their, in their interviewing skills. Typically. <laughs> oh, oh. We've realized it's our job to make things interesting. I mean, we're, we're clearly not talking about metal socks. No, no. Well, so how's the tour going? Oh, oh, sorry. Sorry. I just thought. <laughs> all, right, when, all right. So who came to the <laughs> rest of the guys and, and said, okay, guys, what do you think about this? Who's the one who said, I, I think I want to stop? Because it had to be one guy. Oh, right, 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 right. I think, you know, I initially brought up the, the thought. I brought up the idea about it. And um, obviously, I'm the guy who's been in it the longest. Um, so, I don't know, maybe um, something on my mind more. But I think as we all talked about it, it made sense, in a way, to, like, go out on top. You know, and, and it's like a lot of even managers and band, bands, even managers, have been reaching out to us saying, like, wow, I think... You guys may have changed the way people do it because this is pretty badass. I mean, you guys can basically go out putting out a record you're really happy with, doing touring, and just do whatever you want. You're not trying to get bigger. You're not trying to, like, break some single. You're not Literally, you can just enjoy it, you know, and, and really just go for it knowing that you're putting out possibly your best work. You're doing some of your best shows. People are still into you. And that's way more exciting um, than, like, ending a touring cycle, hating each other, feeling creatively drained and just, like, kind of disappearing until, you know, you do a reunion or some crap when someone cares. So um, that's, that was our goal was not to do it that way. And, you know, you can't go on forever. So we wanted to take control of it. I don't know. I mean, a lot of bands are trying to keep it going on forever, and it seems like that, that that's it's an interesting decision to cut it to cut it so quick, even though it's been two decades. Yeah, a lot of people are really weirded out, like, because uh, we've been in – We've been out there for so long, and we've been active. It's kind of weird for people. A lot of people are saying to us, man, you know, maybe I did take you for granted a little bit over the past few years, but now it's really weird to think of, like, think of, like, the world without Dillinger Escape, you know? Um, 
but I mean, it's, it's certainly very weird for us, you know, obviously. And, um, but it's been this kind of, an, kind of exciting time where it's like, we're playing shows knowing it has purpose. When you say that managers are calling, you're not saying the managers of local Red Lobsters offering you jobs, right? <laughs> no, man, we're not qualified for that. <laughs> you, oh, think, come you, on. Think we, you think we've lived our lives this, like this way and we could actually have a boss? Are you kidding me? Forget about it. That's what I'm worried about. I think this is going to be like, you know, the only other band that's really had like an awesome, like awesome, like you know, we're fucking off thing was uh, LCD sound system. And that lasted like two years. It was perfect. What, what, they broke up for two years and then came back? Yeah, they did a big Madison Square Garden, like, go-away concert with a with like uh, a, a DVD recording, the whole thing. So you guys going to blow the shit up of like, is there like going to be that one show where... This is it. That's you, people are traveling to. You, you're going to spend like weeks trying to figure out what the final song is. Pyro, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's odd because we we are about to put out a, an album that you know may be our best ever, and we are about to do a whole worldwide tour that'll last us at least a year, if not longer. So it's kind of odd to talk about the end as, as much as we are. At the same time, it's kind of like all of this is a celebration of our past and where we're moving and the unpredictability that has been Dillinger escape plan. Like we're going into unknown territories as, as people now. Um, and so it's kind of scary, but it's like, it also feels like very Dillinger. So as far as like people, a lot of people have questions because a lot of the press is saying things like extended hiatus or whatever. And, and, you know, some of that to me sounds like a money grab. Like you're talking about the last big show, this, that, whatever. This is, the, the reason why we don't say we are done forever is because if, nobody can say that. Like, whether we'll ever get in a room together and make a song or, like, you know, one day jam or play, who, who the fuck knows? But as far as we're concerned, it's over. You know, this isn't like we're, we're, we're gone until, you know, instead of three years in between records, it'll be four years. You know, like, like we're done. You know, this is for real. Well, I mean, if you get a divorce, you still got to come together for the kids every holiday or something like that. You know, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I said, we all, we all. Um, I think that like there's no group of people that creatively will ever give us the same kind of satisfaction that we've had with each other. I mean, it'd be nice, but I think that there is something very special about us all well, together, how- creatively and on stage and everything. So um, that's definitely gonna be hard, but. This isn't some kind of, like, trick or some kind of weird, like, let's just take a break or, you know, one of those things. It, it, it's not that, you know? Well, when you record something that you say is the best thing you think the band has ever done, and, you know, when I, when, every time I've seen you perform, it's been to the top of your abilities, and I've seen some great shows and, and stuff from you guys Greatest before. Greatest live performance so I've ever seen. How? Oh, thank you. I mean, how do you, does it feel like you're cutting off your foot? I mean, does it feel like you're about to lose a limb here in, 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 in by giving this up at this point? Because, I mean, you figure if, you, if you've written some of the best stuff you've written, do you feel like it's exhausted now? Uh, it, it's really interesting because this is the first album where we actually have a body of work that isn't even on the record. Like, we usually write, we struggle to just get enough material to fill out a, an album. And this time, we actually have tons of songs left. So there still could be music being released after we're done. But, like, we really do feel, it is weird, we really do feel, like, creatively on top of our game. I mean, would you agree, Billy? I think we are. I think uh, of any record that I've ever done with this band, 
uh, this is probably the most excited I've been prior to, to releasing material. And having said that, uh, I think, I think it's cool and refreshing to, to have a, a different formula to how we created this record. And we kind of had, um, kind of had more leniency on our own terms as to like where and who we work with. And, uh, sonically it came out, came out personally my favorite and, uh, I don't know. The material is just more personal this time. If that makes any sense, I think to all of us. I think. I think to me. I think to Ben. We we were all going through uh, you know a lot of difficult things. I don't know. I, I it's almost relieving to not have the pressure to top this. If that makes any sense too. Mm. So what? So what did? So what did Greg and Liam do to piss you guys off? All right. I mean, just just straight <laughs> over, what, what? What was it? No, just Chuck. I got it figured out. I think this is all a really awesome practical joke on Kevin, the new <laughs> rhythm guitarist. <laughs> yeah, really. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> Enjoy it while it lasts. Yeah, no, I mean, like, like, well, Greg is all, you know, it's kind of like me and Billy. It, 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 it's kind of interesting, the creative process, because it's like me and Billy working and working and working. And, and typically, you know, by the time anybody else in the band hears any new material, it's pretty evolved. And then, and then Liam kind of glues it together once he gets these kind of formed songs already ready to go and pretty high-quality demos, some of which ends up on the records and stuff like that as far as, like, certain things, um, you know, that we just can't recapture in the same way. And then, and then when Greg gets it, he just gets hit with this album that's, like, recorded and done and produced basically aside from vocals. And he gets to hear it like a fan. Like, he, he hears this barrage of ideas and riffs that... I think are fairly intimidating at first, but um, as he sits with it and sits with it, much like a fan of Dillinger who has to kind of absorb our stuff slowly. Or fill in a barbecue. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, he's able to like let it kind of um, engulf him and have and react to it. So as far as pissing each other off, I mean, I'm sure we'd all love to hear vocals earlier then like after the whole thing's done <laughs> but um that's the way he does it so so like you know he's in california so when we get off tour and start the writing process we don't even really see each other none of us really see each other except for me and billy so not much room to piss each other off i guess we're just doing our thing i don't know because i mean it's it's one of those things you can't help but think to yourself there's got to be something else going on here because it feels so strange it's the personal shit <laughs> Here comes the uh, yeah. Well, that that wasn't to be implied with each other. So so much as just like you know, with personal relationships and us, you know, and like death in the families, and you know, like like a lot of yeah. things that were just accumulating that uh, affected us at the certain times when we were writing things. Even songs like Glimmer and Death, it was a you know an event that like affected like majority of that instrumental yeah. uh, piece happened. You know, and that's the thing. A lot of times, like the our best work happens so fast yeah like we could spend all day on seven seconds and then all of a sudden something will just set you off and then you we ben and i will get into the basement and we'll have like three minutes of awesome out of nowhere yeah i mean yeah we could do seven seconds uh, you know a week and then all of a sudden we like write two songs it's just how it works but as far as like personal things i mean like every band has personal there's not a band in the world that doesn't fight or have different kind of lifestyles or I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, you got like four or five guys trying to be like with the same baby, you know, like yeah. who live different lifestyles, different ways of doing it, whatever. And like, it's the combination of all those things that create how the child ends up, you know, <laughs> but obviously it's, it's very hard to have those kind of relationships. And obviously being in a band makes it very hard to have any relationships within, outside, 
you know, my dogs are pissed at me, like I said, you know. So, <laughs> yeah, I yeah, think I, we all are excited to kind of nurture relationships a little better than we have in the past now. I mean, it, it is better to have bad shit happen to you while you're at home than on tour, right? Uh, it's a point of view. I mean, some people want to <laughs> run away from the problems, right? But That's kind of where uh, I'd be, yeah. I mean, I'd definitely rather shit myself at home than on tour. It's a lot easier to deal with. You can shower yeah. yourself, change your undies. Every day is like day. You know what I mean? But if you're, like, rolling around on the road and you shit yourself, it's not so easy to deal with. So, yeah, mm. bad stuff, bad shit happening at home is definitely better than on the road. Since, Billy, since we got you, right? All right, it's so a hypothetical. Four okay. months from now, right? All right, so you're, you're technically you're looking down the barrel of being unemployed in a year or so, right? So four uh, months from now, a band calls you up and says, we'll give you we the go. gig, we'll give you the gig, and it's your gig for the rest of time, and you don't have to worry about nothing, but you got to take it now. What band well, do you say yes to? Radiohead. <laughs> mm. Yeah. <laughs> they're hoping you'd say something like Judas Priest or something. Nah, yeah, I mean, <laughs> no. you, know, like, like, you can't. You, I don't know. I, I can't argue that. Like, and I, I, I think Ben would say uh, you have to. At that point, <laughs> uh, yeah, at that point, I'd probably say join Event Sevenfold. Whatever pays. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Open call. Hey, bands. Hey, you know, I, I mean, you know, got a drummer about to be. Yeah, hey, if there's any bands listening, it's like uh, my my schedule opens up around this time next year. So <laughs> it'll be a Dillinger uh, Escape Plan cover it's, band. It's, it's, until then, man, like, I'm I'm not, you know, like, I think I'm going to, you know, I've always said, like, I'm, I'm down to, to keep doing this as long as everyone else is, regardless of the circumstances. So, Were you surprised you know, we when Ben brought this up? Not not exactly. I mean, you know, I'm almost surprised it didn't happen sooner, Yeah, <laughs> to be honest. I, I'm, I'm surprised that One of Us is a Killer wasn't our last record, because, uh, you know, but there, there's always something that kind of just keeps fueling it, and... Uh, this was just like the last second wins. You know, we don't we don't want to go on stage and just like look tired. Like we're we still have this this energy of collectively with all of us, and I, I think it's a good time. I think it's a good move, um, and it's a good like closing chapter to to this band. You know, we're not we're not going to go out there and just just fucking phone it in. We're going to get out there and kill ourselves every show. Yeah, and again, that's you know? it's I I don't know if this had swayed the decision or whatever but it just so happens to be on the 20 year mark so i'd say that's a pretty good time to say we've done everything we can do in this band we've accomplished everything we've ever want to accomplish in this band i'm proud of absolutely everything that's ever come out from this band we all live in mansions we have vineyards oh vineyards (laughs) and i i I got a couple of horses now i got a horse got jacuzzis in the back of our cars we don't need to make any more money, so we're... I mean, you know, we're at double retarded. Yeah. I mean, retired. <laughs> well, um, I, I mean, you sort of mentioned that, you know, the the idea that, hey, well, if you can go and it'll pay, and it'll, you can make money doing it, go for it. I mean, is that part of the decision-making as well, as far as, like, looking forward as you're getting into your 40s and moving, moving well, forward? Well, honestly, the money isn't really a factor because we're in a rare position, um, and honestly, it's, like, an interesting one. And it's given me the opportunity to really t- talk to other bands and, and kind of consult on music business because we've been in a position where the, the state of the industry hasn't affected us that much, not because we're so rich, but because we literally have figured out how to just survive regardless of record sales or labels giving us a ton of money or getting in some giant Apple commercial. Like, we've been doing it since day one. We've never had big management or 
all kinds of like crazy opportunities never or posted check. Yeah, we've never had that. We've learned how to really optimize our business and be completely independent. Um, but we're also in a position where we do very well if we keep going, but we have no pension, we have no skills, we have really nothing to do after. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, if we keep going, we do pretty well for a band. You know, like we know how to do it. But if we stop, we have nothing. We have no retirement. We have no health insurance. We have nothing. So it's actually even way more ballsy to just at a state where we're going to come back from tour doing very well. You know, with the albums coming out on our own label, um, to just say we're done. Like it's kind of crazy to be honest with you because we have nothing. We have no opportunities other than what we make for ourselves after this. And I definitely do believe that when you close one door, three more open. So. That was another part of the decision. Like, life would not change for us if we didn't give life the opportunity to do so, you know? And, like, while creatively and show-wise, we've always been extremely excited, like, life around that for the last 20 years has been exactly the same for me. Exactly. Like, the cycle mm -hmm. is the same every day. Every day, get, write songs, you know, do interviews, go on tour. Get home, write an album, do interviews, go on tour. Get like for years and years and years, I still live in the same town I grew up in. Like it, my life has been exactly the same based on the grind of being in a band like this. So it's scary and it's freaky, but it's also exciting to see what's going to happen next for all of us. Well, so what do you want? I don't know. I mean, like right now, personally, I've got. I've just finally started really going ramping up party smasher inc records mm -hmm. um i i'm doing some management right now um doing side projects which none of which i i intend on being like some replacement for tillinger um you know um i'm gonna continue to be creative we'll see what happens well i mean and that's what i and that's what i mean by that it's like as far as like you know you as a person or both of you guys for that matter you know what do you guys yeah. want as people Going for it. What, what's going to satisfy you? Is it, is it the artistic side? Is it the uh, you know I want to go work in corporate America? I want to be in a cube. Is nah. it, you know what what's going to be the thing that you think will satisfy you? Or is it just I have no idea? I'm just throwing it up in the air and hoping hoping for the best. I think Billy will always play drums to the day he dies. Like he's a rare talent. You know what I mean? And and there's always going to be opportunities for him, especially, you yeah, know, I'm, when I'm that, holding off of that Selena Gomez gig. Hell yeah. I mean, that's an easy buck for sure. That's an easy buck. And as far as like, for me, I, I will never be in, in the corporate world. Like I've had that opportunity. I'd left that, that I was in the corporate world before Dillinger got really active. I had stock options, all that crap. And I chose the band route. Um, and as far as, I mean, I've gotten opportunities to be like CEOs of startups and things like that. And I, and I would have made more money than I make in Dillinger. And like, that's just not, I don't think any of us in this band would survive in that environment or be happy in that environment. I, ultimately, I think we always just go 120% in anything we do. And we create, we make stuff. Like, that's the rare thing about being artists, which is amazing. Like, we take nothing, air, and we make something. Like it's, 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 that's a really special thing. It's the most satisfying thing about being a musician is, is literally just creating something that didn't exist yeah, and goes out there and now will exist forever. Like a thousand years from now, the, someone will probably hear a deal. You know, tangible. I love the way that you create stuff. You give it away and people, you don't lose anything. Yeah. I mean, it's out there. It'll always be out there. 
it didn't exist before and now it does, you know? And so I think we'll always have that mentality of like, we have to make our own future. So words out, if when Dillinger comes to your town, everybody's got to go because it's going to be the last one and you got to go like hopped up on something that, you know, won't destroy your, you know, long-term or short-term memory, but <laughs> will make you a complete and crazy fool inside that place because it's your last chance, right? Wait, Billy's talking about drugs real quick and he's whispering to me. <laughs> yeah, what do, you guys, what do you guys mean? Hopped up on something. He's totally talking about mushrooms right now. I tell you. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> I literally, guys, I just saw the cutest thing. I looked out the window and saw a kitten playing with a butterfly. <laughs> it was the cutest thing I've ever seen. I think we got to go now. That, that's uh, <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> it's a sign. Let's go play with the butterfly. Yeah. Uh, now, now Dillinger is known for playing with kitties and butterflies. That's the future. That's the future. <laughs> that's the future. Just hanging out with pussy for once. Uh, so, so, Ben, who takes care of your dogs while you're gone? Oh, man, I've had all kinds of people. I had a kid hanging out at my house once, taking care of my dogs, and I saw on Instagram they were having a party. <laughs> that freaked me out. So that, that went out the window. Um, uh, but, yeah, girlfriends, whatever. You always find somebody. They're cute dogs. Is there a significant other that you're going to look forward to, like, locking down something with when this is all wow, done? You guys are, you're you... like Barbara Walters. That's right. <laughs> That's not the first time we've been called that. I mean, all right, you know, yeah. we... We were going to hold off the announcement until after the breakup, but uh, you know, we'll Ben and I, changes. we were we're going to take our relationship to the next level. Yeah, we didn't feel we could. We be actually, sure. you know, before the band, we met on eHarmony. We did, and uh, it didn't work out romantically in the beginning. But, but we've grown to respect yeah. each other. You know, it's not all about lust, guys. <laughs> Sometimes it's about love. That well, stuff goes away anyway. You know what I mean? Billy had, posted anyway. yeah, Billy had posted on Craigslist at one point, and Ben answered it. It was crazy. It was amazing how that yeah. worked out. It, it, was, it, was, it was a missed encounter. Or it was the, a dangerous the, encounter. Do you like what, pina coladas? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. No, I mean, I, um, I, have a, a, I actually have a girlfriend with a child, and like we kind of have a little family, so, you know. <laughs> I certainly uh, will enjoy spending more time. So is she like like all excited now? Because she's like, oh yeah, you know, this is it. This is the future. He's gonna he's gonna settle down. Is she all like hopped up, excited about that? I don't know. I mean, she's like so into. She's just so proud and so um, supportive that uh, I don't know. Maybe she won't even like me afterwards. She'll be like, well, I do. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's my next yeah. question. Do you have any you concern know? that she won't dig you when you're no longer a rock star? <laughs> I'm probably just going to be Stedman. She's going to go work, and I'm just going to stay and hang out and uh, get Bruce Lee's teacher to teach me karate and just where I'll be the house husband, you know? God, I've been trying to work that out for so long now, and it hadn't worked out. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. Mine won't take care of me. Just got to get so. that, gotta figure that out, you know? <laughs> but, no, was, she's super that- supportive, and um, I, think, I think that she's enjoying seeing this, like, kind of the fruits of our labor, and people have been so supportive and cool and, like, we're hearing people just tell us what Dillinger's meant to them. And that's always weird because I've always been from day one, like that I've always had that feeling that everyone hates us. Everyone's here to see us fail. Every show it's like we're fighting against a pack of wolves. Like I've never, ever not been nervous before shows. I've never not been overcritical about the music we put out and things like that. So hearing those kind of like accolades is, is uncomfortable, but it's also in this time it's like, so meaningful because um makes you feel like really you did something special not just for yourself but for other people so like 
people now taking that opportunity with this news to like come up to you and tell you things like, you know, like I met my husband and we had children because of you guys. And like, I, I would have never played guitar if it wasn't for you or like my whole, just crazy stuff like that. It's really someone crazy. pose on stage. Like come on we stage. did. Yeah. I tried to stop him. <laughs> well, unfortunately, now now you get to like sit back and watch the rest of us all like hope your retirement fails, so you get to go through it all again. You know, I was hoping I could work with you guys. There you go. All right, good times. Well, the money's great. Yeah. <laughs> all right, but dude, sir, I apologize in advance because you know, like, what I really want to have happen is I want. Anytime that you, you get asked another question about all this stuff, you'll be like, I already spent 45 minutes answering every possible question about this on the Metal Sucks podcast. Go listen to that, right? All right. So I just got like two questions, right? So one, what was the aha moment? To, to end? To, to, to end this? Yeah. You mean, yeah. I personally was sitting in Mexico. We played Mexico City. And then afterwards, it was like my first vacation in like, 15 years that wasn't band related and I just kind of it kind of was band related because we used to play Mexico City but I just took two days to sit on a beach and I was just trying to figure out things like what would be the best way to move forward like I'm having trouble like finishing a lot of the things I start because I'm always back on the road and I want to do some other things and um, you know I want to stay friends I don't want us to fight or not like each other you know and so I was like how do you do that and I was like I think Hey man, maybe it's just time to stop. You know, like maybe it's just uh, if you want your life to change, you got to do something different. So and the hiatus idea was no good because. Well, I think Greg initially was like, "Why don't we just take, just just like, do less Dillinger? Like, why don't we tour less and make it more special and just release music when we want to and things like that?" And I got that and I understood it, but to me that was some pussy shit. You know, like that was like. You're leaving one toe in, you know, and I just like, we do everything extreme and I don't think this should be any different. Like just dive in full force, you know, head first, just go, just do it. Just make a commitment, commit, you know, and see what happens. Even if it's scary. I mean, shit, if you decided to change your mind later, who gives a shit, right? I mean, you could always come back. And so what? 10 years from now, if you guys wanted to come back together and do it again. Well, yeah. I mean, that's what I told Greg. I was like, look, man, it's way cooler to drop out and really just move on with your life. And then if one day, we feel like getting a room together. We can, but um, it's not like we're just continuing to drag this thing out and out and out and out and out until that opportunity isn't even fun anymore, you know? So, like, that's why we don't tell anyone. We're not like, this is the end forever. Um, because, like, Van Halen's, they're back together. Guns of Roses is back yeah. together, you know what I mean? Queen yeah, got back together sucks. without Freddie Mercury, you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. it's more like there's no there's no... This is like a real breakup. This isn't like some gimmick. This isn't like, you know, let's just take a few years off until someone gives a shit or something, you know. This is a legit breakup during a time that's been really fruitful and exciting for us. And uh, it is a ballsy move for sure. But you never know. That had to be a pretty emotional conversation. Yeah. But it was exciting too. Because it was like, wow. Wow. This is crazy. Like, saying this is crazy. Like, actually doing this is crazy. Every step was, like, kind of crazy. But the ultimate was when it went out in the public. I wasn't ready for that. Like, I didn't know the first article that talked about it was going to be out. Literally came out the day after I did it. And having, like, a barrage of texts and emails from people with it being a reality was, was freaky. It was freaky. Did you at any point feel like you made a mistake? 
No. But I did realize that the 99% of the people in my phone book that know me from Dillinger, I'll probably never talk to again. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's sad. Oh, that's no good. Yeah, so, so I'll be ben, when you were no. when you were a kid, did you ever run away from home? Yeah. What about you? No, nah, no, nah, I never did. Oh, wait, no, I did, when, but I had to take a shit. It was just because I had to take a shit in the woods, uh, but then I came back. Hey, man, when, I was going to ask, that was my second question, did you ever take a shit in the woods? But, but seriously, <laughs> now, like... Did you go back and see what vegetation grew there? I bet it was interesting. I bet it was different in that spot. I, I've never shit my pants in a rest stop, but I've shut my pants in a Whataburger <laughs> and at a job interview. You shut your pants at a job interview? Yeah, I did that just recently, too. That sucked. Man. For real? Yeah, for real. Yeah. Uh, did, did, did you get the job? <laughs> <laughs> they haven't called me back yet. That wasn't part of the interview? I'm still waiting. I got the call back for the follow-up interview, but that was a phoner. So oh, wait, were you guys, were you going for like a, like kind of like a promotion to metal injection or something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <what's> <laughs> promotion, promotion. Uh, we can shit our pants all day long. All right, so oh, when you're a kid, man, what, did, yeah. did you ever have fear of becoming an adult? I'm not an adult. <laughs> I'm still not an adult. But I mean, do you Can remember be- as a kid going, oh my God, I don't want that to happen. I got to stay a kid forever. Or were you excited to become an adult or what? I don't know. I, I think every kid wants to be able to like have more freedom and stuff. But I do remember looking at people who are like twenty and seeing full on men. Like, like remember like when you're a kid and you see like someone who's twenty or twenty five and they look the same as someone who's fifty to you. They're just adults. You're like, holy shit. Yeah. And now I'm 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 mad old, you know. And it's crazy to me to know that kids look at me like an old person. It's crazy because I feel the same as them. When I go to play shows and I'm around young kids who are like eight years old when we started. You know, four years old when Dillinger started touring, I pretty much feel like just a little older than, like a little. Yeah, you know? I don't know. Uh, it's definitely, I definitely don't feel like an adult. I just feel like I have some shitty adult responsibilities. Let's say uh, the, the the adult part is that you know when you jump off the stack that first time during the set and you feel your knees and uh, you're like, oh yeah, I forgot that's uh, twenty years in on this now. Well, they named Ben Gay after me. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's not because does I you, blow dudes. <laughs> does your your brain work like your songs do? Yeah, definitely. And h- how do definitely. you mean? Like Dillinger rhythms and things like that, and I'm I'm sure Billy's probably the same at this point. Like that kind of craziness is how I think. It's, my brain is going like that, like all the time. And um, I also feel that it's like kind of meditation because when things are really repetitive, I start to daydream and kind of. Like, my mind goes in a million places, but when things are changing constantly, like a Dillinger riff or an idea, I stay focused. It keeps my, my head in one place, you know? It's almost like transcendental meditation, this stuff. So, uh, yeah, I'm definitely kind of, when I'm in centered, I'm definitely kind of more in a dillinger mode, head-wise. So, are you able to, like, read books, or, or do you find that sort of thing difficult to focus on? <laughs> this is amazing. Um, are you... <laughs> Uh, do you want me to draw a picture of what my family looks like? Show us on the doll. Everyone in your family doing something. Show yeah, us on the doll Rorschach. where they touched you. I'm yeah. so into that. <laughs> you guys tell me a Rorschach test? Um, what was the fucking question? Do I read books? Your, do I read books? Are, can, are you... Well, yeah, yeah, are you able to focus? Yes, we can. We do. It's difficult to focus on things that we're not interested in, probably, because we're so highly... Uh, you know, fo- super focused on on like the tasks 
tasks we do and that we're good at, I think we can read. <laughs> well, so no, is your kid yours or is it your girlfriend's kid from a previous relationship it's my girlfriend's kid from a previous relationship ah, gotcha gotcha how long have you been like you know in that role for that kid he his dad's like completely out of the picture like he doesn't even know him so um he really does look at me as kind of like that that role you know um and so he's the thing is also that like it's good for me because I finally found some of my level of maturity to hang out with. <laughs> um, and so, like, I can say poopy and farts and, like, we pretty much just talk like like four-year-olds all the time. It's it's kind of dangerous because he doesn't look at me as an adult. He just looks at me as another kid. So, like, we're out plant, climbing trees and, like, playing around and farting on each other and stuff. So I'm wondering, like you said, if when, I'm, when I have to get into the real world, if I'll continue to be a child like that but probably the other day i actually was in t-mobile and i was online waiting and i was looking at my phone and i farted and raised my leg in the air and farted and then continued <laughs> to text and then realized that i can't do that in normal life like i can do that in a tour bus or in a club but like i'm literally in a t-mobile i lifted my leg and farted naturally without even thinking i look up and a man is pulling his child away from me with a horrified <laughs> disgusted face you know and so like it is going to be hard for us to uh have to act like normal people i don't know if we're going to be able to do it you do realize if you did the band for 25 more years at that point you can stop in a t-mobile store and fart and everybody you know they, they, they probably over 65 like, they fine, probably you know? applaud they'd yeah, be like yeah like, he can't really control it anyway so I mean, I have so much, like, damage to my spine and, like, neurological damage. I'm pretty much farting and pissing myself all the time anyway at this yeah, point. So, yeah. pretty much just, just accepting my fate. Do you feel a sense of responsibility for this kid? Of course. Well, I mean, it does not, of course. You know, it's like, it's like, it's like, hey, I'm going on tour. I'm so I had a, yeah, I had a couple here. of them leave you on know? me uh, as a, with a single mom. Yeah. So, I mean, I, you know, right. they had that a few times. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, he, uh, I think any child just needs to be loved. That's the most important thing, not who's doing it. Like, they need to have love and attention, and he's got that around him all the time, you know, with his grandparents, and and he's got a ton of people in his life around him all the time. So I think when I, when we when we uh, finish this round of touring, it's going to be nice for him to have some stability as far as, like, the traditional roles. Yeah, well, don't fool yourself. It does make a difference, too. It really does, as uh, as someone who's experienced that from a child perspective. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Do you love him, or do you do you think you just act like you love him so that way he feels like he's loved? I pretty much just pretend. I don't have emotions at all. I don't even have emotions. I'm just a cyborg. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, I pretty much am just like, eh, you know. Society says you should have a kid and the car and the dogs. So I'm just pretty much trying to do what society says. You yeah, know? yeah, bring yeah. Them That's what Dillinger does. You know, we do what people want us to do. <laughs> right. We do what we're told. We do what we're told. Yeah. Will you breed yourself when you're done? The question is that. Do you love a kid? Come on. <laughs> well, no, I mean, it's it's, a legit, it's another, legit, I mean, seriously, because like, you know, love means different things to different people anyway, but you know. Yeah, yeah, people who listen to Metal Sucks give a fuck about this. You know what? I will say this, and this is this is getting a little deeper, but, and, and you know, it is something that's super relevant to, to being in a band, and, and especially a band that's going to be putting up the, uh, hanging up the whatever, you know, like, 
ego is a very difficult thing to deal with. And especially for people in band. And singers are fucking the worst. They're like AIDS. Like, singers are a disease that, like, I ri- I'd probably rather have AIDS than have more singers in my life than I already have right now. <laughs> um, you know, because it's so difficult <laughs> to, like, be in that position where you're supposed to not care what people think in order to be creative and be honest, but then you have all these people judging you, and you have to put yourself... It's not healthy to want to be in front of a crowd dancing around and singing to them, and, like, it's just, like, mentally insane, and they're usually super critical of... They're super, they hate, like, critiques, like, they're super bummed when people review them or say they weren't good or whatever, but then when people kiss their ass, they're super, their ego's super inflated, and, like, you know, it's a very unhealthy mental state to be in, to be in a band in general, or to be a singer, but, like, in general, to be in a band. So, like I said, I'm about to be in a position where the 99 people in my, 99% of the people in my phone book who know me just because of Dillinger for 20 years I'm not going to be guy from Dillinger anymore. So who knows how that's going to be? Who knows what it's going to be like when I don't have that outlet of getting on stage and like getting, releasing all that energy and, you know, like sharing that with people. I have no idea what that's going to be like to my ego, but I will say this, that the only time anyone ever truly, truly loses their ego is when they have a child. And that's something special that, people who don't have that love or care for a child will ever know. They might try and control their ego. They might be able to say, like, look, I'm trying to do what's best for other people. I want to be a good person. That's fine. But the only time you will ever lose that ego is when you jump in front of a car for a kid. When you're worried, like, where are they? Where are they right now? Instead of, like, what's going on for you. Like, those are the very special moments that only people who have that feeling will ever have. And that's something that's important to me. That's heavy. Yeah. I, 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 all right. No, no doubt in my mind. That's that's awesome. And and I should add, there are two types of people in the mu- in the music business: singers and staff. <laughs> Pretty much, at least in their view. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. No, but look, like yeah. you know what, dude? Like I've been fortunate enough to to be involved with like the best singers in the world. So, like, they get some passes, you know? Like, right now, I work with the artist Kimbra, which to me is, like, Oh, no way, friend. you're working with Kimbra? You're kidding. Yeah, I, I love Kimbra. Yeah, no, I manage Kimbra. So that's, like, a whole other animal because it's, it's, it's a combination of dealing with, like, a major label artist who was, like, on the biggest song of the century, you know, that Gautier yeah. song. Um, but also was extremely creative and extremely, like, credible and concerned with making sure she's true to herself and... So that's a really interesting dichotomy for me because I understand the creative side and I also understand the business side, but um, so oftentimes they don't work together. So that's a, a huge challenge. But then, but like I said, working with her, uh, being able to play with her, Billy and I have done improv gigs with her, but also working with her like, from, a, from a business side is really, really rewarding because she's such an amazing artist. Greg is like one of the best singers, in my opinion, um, biased, but I mean, like the combination of us and Greg creatively is unparalleled whether you like Dillinger or not like I really do think that you know there's something special about that combination that's that's just not able to be copied for whatever it's worth you know and um so I'm very lucky to work with a singer who can like actually like handle the stuff we do and make it better you know and and truly take this band to a new level and then you know even working with William in GTO 
that dude's like one of the most professional singers I've ever worked with in my life. The dude doesn't talk all day. He wears a scarf in the summer around his neck. He like drinks tea all day. He warms up for 45 minutes before he sings. He warms down for 45 minutes after he sings. Like it's, the dude's like an animal. Like he's like freaking, he's the black Pavarotti. I tell you. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, I've, I'm just, I'm, I'm stoked, you know. I, I've, I've worked with Mike Patton, you know. Like, the dude is, like, the most important singer of our entire generation, you know. Like, there isn't a metal band or experimental band out there that's not influenced by Mike Patton. It's impossible. It's impossible. So, what else is there for me to do, man, you know? <laughs> Well, but it hurts. Mm, yeah, but that's like <laughs> it hurts, the, dude. Oh my god! But there's uh, there could be so much more. There's got to be. Uh, there's got to be. Well, you are branching out a little bit. We did see your video on Metal Sucks about Sailor Jerry. How would you say that you challenged the norms and conventions that uh, the way Norman Collins did? Do you think you can continue that outside of Dillinger? Yeah, it's an attitude. It's a mindset. Like that dude never was satisfied with just being mediocre he always wanted to push things as soon as people started copying him or doing things like him he wanted to try something new he didn't care that his medium was not popular that it wasn't considered art by the majority of people out there um that didn't that didn't sway him away from what he did and putting all the artistic integrity anyone could put into his craft i mean during that time i mean there was only only sailors had tattoos sailors and people in jail that was it and they were pretty crappy ones you know, so he's the first guy who really took tattooing to the next level and made it considered a real art, you know? So um, I think any real artist has that mindset with anything they work on, anything they do, they put their heart and soul into it, and their own, they're their own worst critic. And that's, I think, the, the real takeaway from someone like him. Do you feel pressure to be a pioneer or renegade? Do, do you, uh, is that going to be even more difficult once this is completed this album cycle is complete i mean no i mean it's not and it, that was never a goal that was never a goal um the idea was just to like take our influences and and make something new make something we would enjoy that wasn't out there yet and when dillinger first started i was i'd already listened to all the death metal underground death metal you could get i'd ordered every single extreme death metal band from catalogs that you that nobody ever heard of and listened to them a billion times so like fast double bass and solos were like old to me you know and then by the time Dillinger started I'd listen to all the hardcore and the three-court hardcore and Black Flag and all that stuff and that was cool but like you know I want something more and so when Dillinger started I had that background but I was heavily heavily listening to like Aphex Twin and Square Pusher and Venetian Snares and like all kinds of like crazy IDM intelligent dance music simultaneously listening to fusion like Mahavishnu Orchestra and King Crimson and Thelonious Monk and all that stuff. So we just wanted to be able to enjoy and take advantage of the underground scene and all the advantages that you get from that, being able to create your own destiny and play shows and put out your own music without like some big record label exec coming up to you. And then also satisfy that need to create some music that incorporated what we were hearing in the past, the aggression and like violence of heavy music that we wanted to use as a as a cathartic outlet but then also all the cool shit we were being exposed to during that time that's that blew our minds and that was it there's no pressure to so do easy. anything <laughs> yeah right it does uh, it does sound like pretty simple you know we just took all these things 50 million things put it together and created something that's uh, yeah, just completely challenges everything that's out there 
Yeah, well, well, at the time, uh, you know, I, I guess there wasn't that many bands who were, there was a lot of eclectic bands and fusion bands, like people like Anderia who were doing amazing, I mean, mm-hmm. they were before us, they were doing jazz and metal and hip-hop together. There and was Refused bands. and some of those bands that were... Yeah, yeah, I mean, there was a lot of bands combining things, but uh, when we had started, there weren't a lot of bands that were really mixing it together they were like here's the jazz part here's the hardcore part here's the metal part here's the and um what we wanted to really do is just blend it all into something that was fresh and new and and sounded like a our own style as opposed to like so it was really really was influences of let's create a a fusion of different styles it was really like using all those influences to create our sound and i guess maybe that's what differentiated us or i hope would differentiate us from the bands who were like really uh Doing, incorporating a lot of styles together. Were you what challenging were you? the norm in your personal life before you started Dillinger? Was Dillinger your outlet to like a straight and narrow life, or was it was it just another expression of the way you function in your personal life? No, we were totally normal people. Like that was the thing. I think that's what attracted people to us, or was one of the main things people talked about in the beginning. Like we were all college kids. Our other guitar player was a manager at J. Crew. Like we were just normal people. Like, we didn't look, we didn't have, like, crazy tattoos or piercings. Like, we were normal-ass people, you know? Like, But um, this was, like, an opportunity for us to, like, abandon all that responsibility and just literally just complete free expression without any regard to anything. And then I guess as we started becoming a more full-time band and the band became more of what we are, I guess that's when we started to just become straight-up 24-hour animals, <laughs> you know? Because yeah. we play every night for 30 days in a row. Um, but, yeah, literally, I think we all, like, have this opportunity, and people have always said to us, like, you guys seem really angry and crazy and blah, blah, blah. And I remember Liam said in an interview once, like, this is anger management. You know, it's, it's actually the opposite of that. Like, we have this opportunity, other people don't. So, I, yeah, the, the band truly was an opportunity for us to, like... Uh, explore and um, like other other things that were not part of our lives, other other demons. Have you exercised it? You think now, or is are you gonna have to just find a new vehicle for? Uh, yeah, I I, th- I don't know. I mean, the, I, I, it's a little scary to be quite frank. I mean, we definitely get a lot out of playing shows for sure. Like, it definitely get a lot of personal uh, playing shows, and and it's dangerous. You know, like it's dangerous doing this many shows for this many years. Like. It, it doesn't end well, you know, and I'm pretty busted up. Craig's got a thousand cuts on the back of his head from my guitar. Like, he's lost teeth. I've got permanent damage, like physical damage. Like, I've got a bloody eye right now. <laughs> What's the health insurance situation with you guys? <laughs> did, did Obamacare help or hurt? No, I mean, like, Greg never had health insurance. It blows my mind. Like, we're on tour. Oof getting destroyed and getting sick and all this stuff and he's never had health insurance i've been like to the hospital every tour i gotta go to the hospital and sometimes i've gotten four thousand dollar bills like from hospitals bills on tour like um you know that stuff isn't fun but like we don't know how to do it so any other way we really don't and we definitely yeah. get a lot out of that that other people don't so you pay cash you've been uninsured or <laughs> you're insured greg's not I'm insured now. I pay for it on my own just because I have to. Just um, recently, or have you been insured for a the while? The entire time, yeah. There was a period I wasn't insured. There was a period where I had some kind of a cheap temporary insurance. Uh, for the past couple years, I've been paying out the neck for 
for for decent insurance. Um, yeah, I mean, there's all. I mean, there's been all kinds of scenarios, but it's never pretty, and it's never like some job is paying for our insurance. I mean, I've paid a thousand dollars a month for insurance at times. Like, yeah. So it's a, definitely a problem for artists and musicians because it's really it's it's generally impossible for like self-employed people to 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 have any affordable situation. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. and and the way you guys play, I mean, and have played for so many years, I can only imagine that it's you know those bills rack up and rack. Up. It's, it's got to be on the tour line. It's got to be a part of the tour line at this point, dude. I mean, like I had last year, I had a thirty thousand dollar wrist bill. So I'm getting screws in my wrist. I had, I've got to get neck surgery. That's one of the reasons why we got to take this time. I need to stop and and get that surgery done. And and um. It is what it is, you know? Like, if I didn't have a family, I probably wouldn't give a shit. I'd be like, just fucking throw me in the damn off a cliff if I ever <laughs> if I ever get too busted up, you know? But, like, I can't put that on my family. You know, I can't put those bills on people. So you got to do what you got to do. So when something happens to somebody in the band while you guys are on stage, that person is personally responsible for covering their own ass or does dillinger escape plan inc no swoop in and cover? No. no we don't have like company health insurance you can't because everybody oh. in the band lives in a different state you can't get a group plan unless you have a certain amount of people that are in the same state employed by the same company every single one of us in this band lives in a different state oh. every and every state has different rules and different laws and everything so we just got to do our own thing really you know That's like crazy. like Philadelphia health insurance for Liam is like 200 bucks. Jersey health insurance is no less than 600 bucks. You know, it's like there's really no real scenario that works. It is. I mean, yeah, that's one of the difficulties. And I'd love to try to help find a solution for that. Maybe that's what I'll do in my time off. Work on things like that to help musicians and artists deal with this stuff. Because nobody has more experience than I do with this stuff. We've had a, a bass player paralyzed. We've had, you know, severe injuries. A guitar player whose hands had nerve damage and couldn't play anymore and like all kinds of things i broke a bone in my neck for god's sakes you know so just a week ago i was in the hospital with stitches and i that looked like you know rocky balboa on a good day you know so it's like it is it is it is a a challenge for sure if you guys had a history with lawsuits (laughs) yep <laughs> is that is that wor- is that worse yep. then right. or right. uh, okay you know is it on par with the, with the health shit or is it worse? Ah, uh, you know you can't you know lawyers don't tend to go after you when they find out you don't got much. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, look, I, I mean, there's never our intention to hurt people with this band, so it is a bummer when there's been accidents and unfortunate things. You know, again, we've hurt ourselves way more than anyone else has ever gotten hurt. But it happens, and sometimes you're in scenarios where people aren't used to the kind of show you do. You're opening up for a band like AFI or something where there's young people who aren't really familiar with the Dillinger show. And, like, you know, people, it surprises some people. Like, the um, the energy and, like, the kind of violent but positive energy of a Dillinger show between the crowd and the band and, and everybody, you know. So there is an occasional scenario where things get ugly and we've had to deal with it you know we've spent money on it too but typically um our fans know what they're getting into and and when these things do happen it's usually just not really worth it because we're not some giant corporation you know it's not worth it to go into years of litigation over like a few stitches you know what i mean it's just yeah 
it's just not but worth no, it for most people. You've never had like you know venues get you know held responsible for a show or anything like that. Yeah, no, we've been kicked out of. We've been banned from every venue in the world, every one, pretty much. But time heals everything, you know. <laughs> yeah, and a bigger crowd. You sell tickets, <laughs> you sell tickets they'll have you back. Yeah, damn straight. Well, hopefully, I'm going to get to see you guys uh, sound on sound festival on this round, uh, and cool. maybe a maybe a show in San Antonio when you guys get through. Uh, looks like first round of tour, maybe another one behind it at some point, right? Yeah, yeah, we're going to do full world tour. And what? Since you guys are all in different states, what is going to be the city that gets the big farewell show? Um, that's a good question. We talked about possibly doing like a few last like big city like jammers with like having all guests and all our past people come up and Dimitri and who knows but as of right now there's nothing in the works for that it's just do the typical tour cycle for the album step Is one your booking agent just chomping at the bit to, to go after the promoters for that those shows because those are going to pay oh like last final final shows uh-huh you're saying i mean we're yeah. announcing these this is our final tour you know, like whether or not we feel that we could do it would do the band justice and the fans justice to like put together one or two real like solid thought out final goodbyes. It's possible, you know, I guess we got to like kind of just see what the temperature is. But right now we have a lot, a lot of touring ahead of us, you know, so. You could get like a destination city, then like how many people can you get into a venue? Because you know that you're going to get like twice as many people because everybody from, you know, three or four states surrounding and probably people from all around the world will fly in for that. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's a chance that we can get health insurance, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Finally. Or at, right. least, or at least pay you to sit on your ass for like six months instead of six weeks. You know what I mean? Right, 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 right. <laughs> You want to be our manager? Do you think you can make that happen? <laughs> nah, nah, you guys got your shit covered. You know what I do want, though, is I want an interview with Kimbra, man. Can we do that? Uh, for Metal Sucks? Yeah. Why not? Yeah, why not, man? You know, you know, we met because she was a massive Dillinger fan. That's how we met. No, and no, um, her, awesome. her band that she plays with, like her band, it, well, she's from New Zealand, and her band was from New Zealand. And they were the band in New Zealand that were doing, like, the Dillinger thing. They were the only band who were doing, like, the mass core Dillinger thing. I think they even covered some Dillinger stuff. And nobody else even heard of Dillinger out there. But these guys somehow got a hold of calculating. And she would go to the shows and, and watch them. She was a fan of this band. And um, when she eventually the band broke up and she had been getting developed as a singer and all this stuff, and she was going to start playing shows, and she said, hey, do you guys want to be my band? And I said, okay. So her band, as it exists right now, was a math metal band. Wow. Mm. That drummer has, like, the crazy hair and all that stuff. I've seen yeah, that. Stevie. Oh. Yeah, no, Stevie is legitimate shredder, man. Like, Billy and him hang out all the time and play, and, like, yeah, that dude could full play Dillinger songs, you know? <laughs> wow. No, I saw awesome. Kimbra. The thing that hooked me on Kimbra is I saw her at South by Southwest perform this like totally a cappella thing where she just looped all these different like ba the bass, the drums, the yeah. whole thing, all with her voice and then sang her song on top of it. Wow, I was blown away. Absolutely incredible. Yeah, she's a freak. She's a freak of nature, for sure. She's very talented. Well, we right. totally failed, by the way, to talk you out of this idea. And, <laughs> uh, 
Sorry, fans. You definitely talked. You definitely talked me out of doing any more podcasts. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, best compliment ever. Awesome. <laughs>
subscribe to the Metal Sucks Podcast today. Flames on the Metal Sucks podcast. That one is called The Truth. I think the name of the record is Battles or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the second single. If you saw it, I, th- I don't know. That one snuck under the radar. Like, I went to go find the first single, the end of the one that they released, I think, earlier in the week. And then this one was like up already. And I was like, huh. Oh, okay. Well, let's check this out. But that sounded kind of familiar to it you. Sounds a little. And I couldn't place it. I played it on my radio show. And. As I was playing it, I'm just like, I know this sounds really fucking familiar. I could not, I couldn't figure out what it was. Okay, can you place it? I mean, were you able to place it when you heard it? Well, no, but you played it for me, and like it wasn't a second. It was like half a second. I go, wait, 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 Stop. hold on. <laughs> I know, I know. Who I know. is that? And I was like, oh, dude, oh, dude, oh, dude, oh, 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 oh. And I, and I figured it out after my show was over, and I had to, I had to pull it up. I mean, yeah, because it's just. 
it, it's un, it's uncanny when you have a. Uh, it really is because it, it, it's, it's the chorus. It's the fucking it's, chorus. Yeah. It's not like a guitar lick that you know is in the middle of a bridge in the minute two and a half. You know, it's like, it, and then they turn it into a chorus. It's like they took the chorus word for word. Granted, only word and word, but you know, they took it and they 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 they. they I mean, the yeah, I mean, well, the whole thing. I mean, not. I mean, because it's 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 not word for word, right? But the but the cadence is the same. The the. I want to say the notes are pretty much the same. And then the gang vocal part of that is the same. And that's what's actually what's disturbing because it's it's young girls on the inflames and it's young kids on the on the POD. And I couldn't believe it. I was like it was driving me insane when I first heard it. And I was like I could not figure out what it was. And after my show, I oh, here it was. Yeah. It's- Wait, wait, you know how wait, it goes. We're almost like, there. Hold on, hold on. No, isn't there a whole nother thing yet? It's not like In Flames are a trio that, you know, have have recorded their album, you know, somewhere in Burma. It's self-produced, right? Yeah, there's right. Like, there's like five or six guys in that band. There's a producer. There's an engineer or two. There's a record label. There's, there's so many people, you know, for all intents and purposes, in that room, right? How does nobody stop I know. and go... Hold on a second, and and just doesn't pick up on it. I mean, because as soon as I heard the song, I knew it was something. I was like, I couldn't, I couldn't quite get it, but I knew it was something. You know, I was like, and that was that was a trick. It's like it, 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 and this was this POD song. I, you know, no matter what you think about POD, right? But dude, this song was fucking huge. You know, yeah. this was a gigantic alternative hit. You know, it's not like it was a small one. This this album, I think, might even be platinum, but it's huge. So how can yeah. you how can you not sort of get that compare and contrast from from out you know outside or even inside your bubble? Yeah, I mean, I I I get it. You know, people. You know, when you're close to a band like In Flames, I'm sure they're surrounded by sycophants, right? Who just like, hey, yeah, that is cool. Yeah, it does sound kind of familiar, but no, I think it's original. No, you're good. You know, that's what I picture everybody saying, and they going with it. But you're doing such a disservice. You gotta just say it. You know, somebody's got to stop and go. You know what, dude? Here, I'll tell you what. Why don't you listen to what I'm thinking and just let here me know are, if here, you here, disagree. It's like the that's it's the hook. It's the whole hook. That song is nothing except for that hook. I mean, can you picture like Bod? Like you know, they're they're like you know writing a song or they're recording the song, right? And just all of a sudden, they all go, "Whoa, this is this is such a solid hook. This is gonna have to." This is this is gonna this is it, man. Yeah. This is our this is this is we just hit the lottery. That's what I picture them doing. Do you picture In Flames having the same reaction? Do you think that they wrote that same riff and they go, "Whoa, 
whoa, guys, we just rewrote. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. You know, POD. I, that's what we did. And and for some reason, like I, I, I really don't think that it, that it was like a direct ripoff or anything like that. You know what I'm saying? It's like I don't think so. I think it's like, but it's too. It's so close that the that the oversight. Like it's so weird that nobody would would have put two and two together on that piece of that song. That just seems way too obvious to me. You know, it's different. You know, it's different. Yeah. Yeah. Guess what? You know, but guess what? The world is filled with assholes like you and me who, <laughs> you know, it's similar enough. You know, I mean, why would you want a bunch of assholes like us going? Yeah. Come on. In flames. You can't even just change the song. The word from we are to something else. I don't know, man. I don't know. It's just, it's, it's damn close, man. It just, as soon as I heard it, I, I couldn't get away from it. Yep. Oh, it's man. It's not too late. Maybe they can just, like, you know, that song that they released on iTunes and they had said it was going to be on the album, but they didn't put it on the album and just bury it, you know? Album's I, not yeah. out yet. So, you know, I yeah, mean, yeah. you know, it's, it hasn't, it hasn't completely come out. That one's for sale, though. That one's up on iTunes. So, yeah. I don't know. That's a, that's a rough one. It really is a rough one. But I mean, you know, there, there, how many instances? Instances of that have you seen in the past where it's been you know because you know vanilla eyes ripped off fucking uh queen right. i mean you know for a, yeah. the, sorry dude you did whether you admit it or not you did you know the the whole led zeppelin thing whether you admit it or not that's pretty fucking close to uh whatever uh what was the damn band that they that they lost the lawsuit uh i fucking can't even remember and that's what's even worse is because yeah. you know that they lost so lost out because of that you know so yeah, and I'm not saying that this is a case of something like that, but it's like, man, yeah, gang vocals on a phrase like that seems really somebody should have caught it. Somebody should have caught I got, it. it. Yeah, I, I get the whole like, uh, you know, is, I'm sure it's one of those things where you write it, you record it the whole time. There's something in the back of your skull going something funny about mm-hmm. this but i can't think of what it is and you never place it you know and i'm sure you know how many copies of that pod album to members of inflame zone probably not <laughs> yeah one, right? i know right right yeah. but you know but still uh you know somebody should say something and i'm sure what it is is you you hear it 15 years ago or 10 years ago whenever that song came out and then you go uh and, and you bury it, and then you know you probably insult the shit out of it. <laughs> and well, then, and yeah. then all these years later, you're writing a song, and you're writing that song just because it's still you know it's it, it it wormed its way into your brain. What are you gonna do? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, dude. Well, because didn't uh, when there when there's some like Marilyn Manson song that was pretty close to like be aggressive uh, from Faith No More. There was another like oh, chant yeah. vocal thing. I want to say that I can't remember what song it was, but I think there was another like sort of similar thing where it sounded like that. It wasn't quite be aggressive. It was, I think I want to say there was another one that was kind of similar to this. And it's like, uh, it's not like lawsuit material or anything like that, but no. just from a fan perspective, it's like, wait, I, I can't not separate those things anymore. So now every time I hear the truth from in flames, all I'm going to be thinking is POD. Maybe I just need to do a yeah. mashup. And now everybody in our audience will. Listen to <laughs> but, but, you know, it, it, it's just a reminder that, you know, you know, a band is a team, but like there are people who work for that band and they're part of the team, too. And everybody's got a responsibility, you know, whether you're the booking agent or the lawyer or, you know, whatever. But one of those responsibilities is to make sure that the, the artist is protected, you know, mm. and that means you got to speak up. 
And well, you know, did the booking agent hear it? He probably didn't hear it. You know, the, the, I can't imagine they're sending it to the lawyer to get his feedback. You know, I get that, but there are people like the, the engineer, the the producer, the uh, you know, the the intern who's setting up the microphones around the the drum set. I mean, you but know, how big was people. POD in Sweden, though? You know, I mean, like it, it, it kind of depends. Because I, I mean, I was thinking sort of the same thing. I'm like, you know, if you, it it kind of begs the question, like, how many people do you let listen to your stuff during the creative process, right? You know, like if you're if if you're making music, do you want people to hear stuff that's in process or do you wait till it's completely finished and then put it out there? Because the other problem that you have nowadays is that if you disseminate something to too many people, next thing you know, it's out, you know, yeah. so you, you can't pull it back. Whether it's good, bad, ugly or whatever, you have no way to retract it. So it's kind of hard to get outside that bubble because you'll lose control of it. But isn't this the producer's responsibility to be a little bit aware of songs that have been sold millions of copies so that way you know you you can protect the the album that you're producing a little bit and make sure that nobody's ripping anybody off yeah you would think so i mean but but if that knowledge doesn't include a shitty new metal song then you know i mean so, so yeah. be it you know i mean and i'm not saying that everybody has to know everything about everything so you know you may not he may not have ever heard that song you know so which is uh you know wow if they just came up with it on their own that's how that's how low that is on the uh on the on the tree of uh creativity so it's like well all right uh, we are I we picture, are the metal sucks like, podcast we are we are uh, i i can picture like somewhere like next to like a, a a resort pool somewhere in like nevada or something like that there's pod hanging out with smash mouth and the goo goo dolls and, you know and, <laughs> and pod are like hey guys they're talking about us again it's the, smash mouth with goo goo dolls are like oh it's the it's the, the 90s retirement home sugar ray he's up there on the dj spinning shit you know you're like fuck yeah this is, this is where it's at man all right yeah you get uh yeah it'd be awesome dude yeah Dishwalla. Oh, well, wait, wait. They only had one hit. Fuck those guys. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> oh, God. All right, let's wrap this podcast up, man. Uh, make sure you're uh, subscribed to us on iTunes, Google, uh, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast. You can find Metal Slicks Podcast. Search us and uh, you can find it. You can also find us on social media. I'm at Bearded Ape. I'm at Godless Speaks. Godless Speaks on Spotify and Facebook. You can find us on uh, Instagram at Chuck and Godless as well as ChuckandGodless.com. That would be our Patreon link. So if you go there, you can support us in many other ways and maybe get some uh, you know early downloads of the podcast, uh, extra stuff that we've done. Uh, Godless has done some stuff with his uh, with his son. Uh, raise godless uh, we've done extra podcasts we've done extra interview outtakes and other things for our patreon subscribers i think if you jump in right now like there's over 30 pieces of exclusive audio that you can get right out the bat cool. on our patreon so uh, patreon.com slash chuck godless if you want to check that out we would appreciate it uh, very much and of course you can check us out every single monday at metalsucks.net you click in the podcast tab up at the top and you can find all of our old podcasts we are over 160 now, so uh, we would appreciate you checking out the old ones if you'd like, uh, because, you know, every click means like point zero 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 two cents. <laughs> so it's going to be, you know, sooner or later, it's going to go through the roof. I can already tell. We, we appreciate it. All right. Till next week. Uh, I am Chuck. And I'm Godless. No, until two oh, weeks yeah, from now. Oh, yeah, two weeks from now. Yeah, we're off for Labor Day. So till then, I'm Chuck. And I'm Godless. And this is another Metal Sucks podcast.
You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com. Shh.